So it's the world essentially working together to oh. protect itself. Okay, that that makes sense. So that Bart is just a military recruiter. Yeah, like he really okay, does. That's essentially what like, he's yeah, doing. he's really just running around, just like, hey, kid, you want a Dodge Charger? <laughs> and- <laughs> Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, episode 88. I'm your host, Ryan, here with your other host, Hedge. What is up? We get to talk more about Bard and never speak of Meduli again. (laughs) (laughs) So let's just get into housekeeping, (laughs) because I don't want to go down the Meduli path. (laughs) I'm already already turning it into a train wreck. We haven't even started, baby. (laughs) If you haven't listened to our last episode, you somehow jumped in this one. Go listen to the last episode so you can fear Maduli properly. We don't want you going to bed without that fear in your mind, right? It's definitely, I mean, it's Halloween season, right? It fits. It's Halloween! (laughs) Spooky, scary skeleton. (laughs) So, you can listen to us everywhere, housekeeping. You can send an email to podcastcore at gmail.com. Visit us at podcastcore.com for all of our info and then follow us on any platform that you prefer to listen to us on or all the platforms because that helps with discoverability. We appreciate it. And then please leave a like, a comment, short review, uh, but the easiest way is word of mouth to tell a friend to toss a coin to your witcher by listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. Oh, Valley of Plenty, oh, Valley of Plenty, whoa. So we're talking about uh, Bard's story, which is the testimony of the balladeer. And like all good stories, we like to break this into you know, smaller parts. So we'll start with part one. And the story starts with an old man attempting to get the attention of a random Damasian a citizen. And the man says that, you know, he's on a quest at the bidding of the wandering caretaker and he needs their help. And then he begins to tell a tale, which he promises is pure facts. No lies here. Yes. And, you know, as I have, if you listen to our previous episode, I mentioned that I love stories like this because it's the way legends are born. Uh, and everyone knows that legends are true. That's why, you know, I'm excited to go to Greece and, and you know, get uh, Zeus's signature and uh, <laughs> have a drink with, um, with Aphrodite and see what happens. Yeah, like, because legend's real. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> this is fact, young Demacian. <laughs> so he talks about a night when his when he's younger. And his mother's 200-year-old wind chime is just going absolutely nuts. And it wakes him up during this tough winter blizzard night. And this triggered some flashbacks to his youth, right? So it's a flashback within a flashback, which we love those. We love them. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, it's our favorite. Our favorite. <laughs> it, is tied with, it is tied with street orphans becoming pickpockets. <laughs> that's too real so uh these chimes are considered celebrated artifacts in you know this their culture 
which were made of leftover ingots from battle. Um, so this is the early days of Runeterra. And in the Freljord specifically, they had people called the Collectors, and they would find these in like bloodstained snow post, you know, a war or battle. They would gather the in ingots, sell some of them to the Winter Claw, the Winter's Claw, which we talked about in our Freljord episodes. Go listen to those. Uh, and this was for survival, right? And then they would keep some and then forge the remaining pieces into instruments, which they called instruments of life. And this was meant to be the counter to instruments of death, which are your standard weapons. Uh, but after, you know, his mother was on hard times and she got very sick, he lost faith, faith in these tools of the wandering caretaker because his mother was sick and his prayers were ignored and obviously she passed away. Yes, and this is really cool because we get to see a bit more of a spread of the legend of Bard because when we cover his champion bio, we're kind of looking at it more in the context of where he landed, which is in the lands of Ionia. But the celestials these are like beings of power that the human mind cannot comprehend so they they're going to have a far reach the reach that is going to be able to cover all of runeterra if they choose so so it's really cool to see that you know we're already looking at freljordians um but like people of the freljord that have heard of the caretaker and that you know it's like oh well these are chimes and they're they're not going to be creating chimes just because of like yeah we're music people they live in a winter wasteland and literally sell their only possessions to the winter's claw to survive like so these chimes clearly have to be for something more powerful something that they don't understand so we get to see that here which is awesome Exactly. So we're going to take a step up one level. So like, think about Inception. We're going one flashback up. We're still in one level of flashback, okay? Oh, my God. <laughs> so back to the moment of the blizzard, he rushes outside, and what he runs into is a meep. And the meep is kind of floating there. It's this little celestial body, and it's unaffected by the wind that's blowing around it. And it's just floating in place. And it was siphoning some sort of starry energy from his mother's chime. And he notices it begins to crack. So fearing that this heirloom, which is important to him, would be destroyed, the man leaps and grabs the wind chime. And suddenly there was this sound of a horn and his body is yanked upwards into the sky. <laughs> now, this is some Disney hellscape type shit. I, and, and we even mentioned before it's like studio ghibli-esque too of just yeah. like oh there's this floating spirit here but i'm more worried about like my possessions let me see what get in on that oh i'm now floating in the sky thanks to the song of a tr what is happening to me <laughs> totoro save me <laughs> So here he's up in the sky and he notices this shard materializing and he holds on to it and it's his only possible saving grace. So he doesn't know what's going on and the meat that he saw previously disappears. But now before him hovers the entity himself, the wandering caretaker, Bard. And Bard, he notices, is as curious that he's here as he is. <laughs> And he's holding on to the shard that obviously Bard wants. So then the man begins to be pulled from his physical form into an otherworldly place. And this kind of reminds me from of scenes from the Doctor Strange movies, if you've seen either of them, when he's travel, traveling interdimensionally. 
as far as in the content we've done, there's the Alawi episode where we talk about her judging Gangplank. Go listen to that. Kind of a similar experience. Uh, and this has happened before many times. Uh, just think of any ethereal movie where they try to represent a person separating from their mortal coil. And the Doctor Strange comparison is perfect because that was the same one that I wanted to bring up too. Uh, because Bard wanted the chime and we know from going into his bio and studying it that Bard has his reasons for doing whatever it is that he's doing because he's more worried about the overall sound of Runeterra and how it matches with the sound of the universe. And he knows that this chaotic and destructive, but he needs to make sure that whatever, whether it's destructive or whether it's, you know, creation, he needs to make sure that everything is in its right place. So this guy has no idea why Bard wants his mother's old chime. <laughs> and Bard's not going to tell him. Bard doesn't care either. Like, And it's like, oh, well, you know, like, you, you have this cosmic power. Like, help my people that are struggling to survive or help us in war. No, I have a chime. <laughs> and, like, and that is and that is very much like the same as Doctor Strange when you look at his yep, character, which is that exactly. he's more worried about the balance of the universe. So if the balance of the universe involves Earth destruction, Doctor Strange is going to let it happen <laughs> because it's like that's that is what he is there to protect is the balance of everything. He doesn't yep. care about the squabbles of man. Exactly. And Bard doesn't either. He just wants the song to be right. <laughs> So, you know, the easiest quote I can think of is a place for everything and everything in its place. That's the definition of Bard. Perfect. <laughs> so we shift back to the present where the old man begins to break in the song. So now we're fully awake. We're back where we're, where we're supposed to be. And just to let you guys know, you know, in this part three, I'm not singing, but we will tell you what's going on in the song. <laughs> how, how could you deprive us of I your... know, right? Your melodious tones. We do so much for you all. And I've sung in past episodes. You know it. But I'm just not feeling it right now. All right. I, so I'm, uh, I'm not going to push it because I'm just happy that you're not like – that you just weren't like, okay, and Hatch is going to sing this. <laughs> and just spring it on me. Like, that, you, I should have did that. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, harken back to the times of like, oh, I made a script and Hatch is going to play this part. You, Hatch. <laughs> All right, Hatch, I'm sharing the musical notes. Right, You can read music, right? <laughs> okay, here you go. <laughs> I can't read sheet music. <laughs> so essentially during this song, he talks about Bar turns him into a meep. And this is also for Hatch, guys, because in the last episode, Hatch mentioned he has troubles getting the concept of meep, so we're going to help him out, right, as a team, as teamwork. So he turns him into a meep, and he shows him the secrets of the universe, right? Pretty much gives him a crash course and onboarding, if, if so, right? Uh, mainly, he shows him this gaping maw of impending doom known as the void. Dramatic music builds, right? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and the void has these Fragmented billions, billions of fragmented chimes across the land with darkness during its emerge, emerging, emergence. Sorry. So essentially these chimes were whole and then they were broken apart due to this interference. Now, this is a reference, I believe, to Bard's bio, which we mentioned, uh, where he was preparing for something happening, right? He's like, something big is coming. 
and I know what's coming. I need to find my place in it all. And the Meeps are essentially Oompa Loompas. They are Oompa Loompas to Bard's Willy Wonka. They are the ones that go out and seek the chimes. So this man, who now is a Meep, right? He's been pulled from his mortal coil, created a Meep. He went through onboarding. He's now part of the team. He got his little care package. And now he's tasked with gathering these fragments to be recombined to battle the Void. And, and this is where it like kind of loses me is the fact that it's like we know that this is like this guy like had an interaction with Bard and then it's like it said here that he's turned into a meep and that is where he gets this song. And I do like that because it's it's not so much that he has like put this tale into song and it's more that it's like my instruction manual was in song form. Yep. So that I am just going to give you my instruction manual. Um, so I do like that. But I still don't get what the beeps are because it's like this is clearly a dude talking to another dude. So it has that tone of like a Monty Python scene yeah. where it's like, oh, yeah, he, I met Bard. He turned me into a meep. <laughs> what? I got better. <laughs> I mean, that's what it feels like. So um, so I don't – so then it's like I, it leaves me more with like questions of like is yeah. it – like was it a part of like his spirit that Bard took and turned it into a song but like it leaves him unaffected or like is the – is it more that he was just a meep for a quick second? Yeah. Uh, like what? Like what are the meeps still? I do like the Oompa Loompa uh, description though. That kind of makes a little more sense. Where it's just that. Uh, yeah. If I view them as Oompa Loompas, that makes more sense. This still doesn't answer my questions though. Of just like what? What is this guy's deal? Uh, it's just like I'm not a meep anymore. Screw it. <laughs> yeah. And the most we get is that in the following, he then wakes up and he's in bed and he's back to normal. So I think you're on the right track where uh, think of it, you know, referencing Dr. Strange again, when he's astral projecting, his body is still there, but he's able to do and experience things out outer body experiences. And I think that's what happened here is when the guy interacted with the first meep, his job was just to get the chime and set it up to be a shard, but he grabbed onto the shard. So he went up in spirit. And that spirit was turned into a meep who had a job. And once his job is complete, you go back to your body. So I think it's referencing the first meep he saw. Once he completed his job and disappeared, he went back to whatever body he was pulled from. So it's the world essentially working together to protect itself. Okay, that that makes sense. So Bart is just a military recruiter. Yeah, like he really does. Yeah, he's really just running around just like, hey, kid, you want a Dodge Charger? (laughs) (laughs) Except, you know, this is Rudera, so instead of a Dodge Charger, it's a dulcimer. You just sit there playing on your hand drum of like, look look what Commander Bard got me. (laughs) Oh, my God. So... Once he's back in his body, he's maintained all the experience, uh, just like when you astral project in Doctor Strange. So then he immediately rips down his mother's chime and offers it to Bard uh, and his efforts. And then he commits himself once again. He's become uh, monastic again, and he's decided to commit himself to searching for more chimes to counter the Void's, quote unquote, evil music. So now we hop back to the present again. And he tells the Damasian, uh, the Damasian, Runterra is the world bell, and our job 
is to protect it. And I need any precious metals that you can sacrifice and give to offer to the cause to go towards repairing this world bell and preventing corrosion from evil. And any pieces that I deem don't have chimes within them, I'll give them back to you, right? Essentially, I'm just appraising their value um, based on my religion to Bard, right? And as a proper response, the Damasian person just walks away. <laughs> they just yes. leave. Uh- like, like, even even though it's like this is in a, a a fantasy story, and we know very well that Bard is very real in this fantasy story, uh, and you can listen to our other episodes, like with Zillion, uh, like following Acathia, yeah. the Void is very real too. So, yeah, you could go listen to that stuff. It's all very real, but it, even though it's real, if a Jehovah's Witness stops you <laughs> and then asks for all of your jewelry to appraise it to see if it came from the tribes of Judah. Yeah. You walk away. <laughs> the the Damasian was in the right. <laughs> <laughs> and to reference our Damasian episode, you have to also remember how isolated they are, not just physically, but how isolated their culture is from other cultures. So this response to the void, which would be really far away, right? If you look at the layout of Runeterra, it, it makes sense his response. And the greatest thing is <laughs> this story just turns into the old man yelling after them and he turns into that model of a crazy person talking about the sky falling, right? Yep. <laughs> and I want to read this sentence here because he turns, he's like, no, wait, don't walk away. What I tell you is true. I told you that in the beginning. Please listen. There isn't much time. The end of the world is nigh and only Bard and his meeps can save us. <laughs> fool! You fool! <laughs> I improved a bit there, but <laughs> you get the point. So, so now we know for a fact that this guy... It was, looks disheveled. Uh, he is in ruined clothes yep. that uh, that has, he's worn for like years and years straight at this point. His beard is massive, <laughs> and he is now just there. The world is ending. Bard needs our help. Yep. Give me your chimes. <laughs> and just to sprinkle a little seasoning on top and put a cherry there as well. I don't know why you would sprinkle seasoning on a cake, but let's just make him wear a diaper as well. Why not? Just to add a little bit to it. Oh, yeah. No, no. He's definitely in a soiled loincloth. (laughs) (laughs) So this is, you know, one last reference here was to our previous episode again, where we talked about some of the quotes on the cards from Legends of Runeterra for Bard. And a lot of those were from the old stories of Gaff. And this is the same thing where what you have, we're in a period of modern Runeterra where you have these old people that are trying to carry on this very lost story about something that we know as readers is a real problem. But it's in an environment of people that have other things to worry about. If you're in Noxus, if you're in Damasia, shit, if you're in Ionia, if you're in Bilgewater, there are bigger problems going on. But for Bard... He sees the big picture, and these people who were, quote-unquote, servants at one point, a.k.a. Meeps, have experienced something on a level that's ignoring all that stuff and trying to spread the word. But unfortunately, there's too big of a gap in belief, and this is something that relates very real to you know our world and how things work, which is what makes this all so good and fun and why we yes. want to do it. Yes, and and the one of my favorite things with this story is that it 
really does kind of highlight that idea that Bard doesn't really know what he wants to do with Rune Terra yet. Yeah. Because he, again, he's just making sure that the, every piece is in its right place. And thanks to this guy's account, like we get this look of the void, quote unquote, through Bard's eyes. Yeah. But in reality, it's the void through his ears. And the song that he heard from the void was mesmerizing. And it, like there's a verse in the song that he sings where it talks about wanting to hear that song again. And so the, it really does kind of, you know, emphasize that it's like Bard doesn't know if saving Runeterra from the void is the right move yet because he doesn't know what song that the Runeterra the song of Runeterra, he doesn't know what place it has in the universe. Yeah. And he doesn't know what place the void has in the universe yet. And so it really does emphasize that it's like, yeah, you know, the, the Celestials are worried about things that are much grander than the silly squabbles of man. So yeah, there's a lot of really bad crap happening in Runeterra and he doesn't care. Yeah, it's just, uh, let me, let me grab that chime. I'm going to put it back where it belongs. Uh, and I'll check back with y'all tomorrow. And tomorrow for Celestial is like a couple millennia. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, Hedge, obviously, as he always does, put it very succinctly, very well. And with that, as always, thanks for listening. And we'll be back soon with the next episode. Yeah. Take care, everybody.